This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Grays. Greetings, welcome back to another episode of the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Tom. And uh, we are finally uh, about to review the Umbrella Academy in this episode because uh, we've seen it and uh, you've hopefully seen it and we're going to spoil it. Always spoiling. Yeah. But before we get to that, let's um, we pretty much had an eventful weekend with DC Fandom happening and the big thing to come out of it. And we'll kind of break this up through the next few episodes because there's a lot to digest. But the the main thing we should talk about today is the Batman trailer. It was probably the highlight of DC Fandom. Everybody tuned in to watch that. Uh, they were hoping to get the first look at Robert Pattinson in the bat suit, hear him speak. First look at um, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, Paul Dano as Riddler, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, and Jeffrey Wright as Lieutenant Gordon. Uh, we saw the trailer. You and I were actually, uh, ironically, we were at yeah. dinner last night and watched it uh, <laughs> in the middle of our in our dinner. And uh, we watched it on mute, and then we had to tune in on, <laughs> tune in on sound because, you know, uh, table manners. But what did you think of the trailer? Surprisingly pretty good. I mean, maybe not surprising. I don't know. But pretty good. Uh, better than I thought. Like we've been saying, or I've been saying, well, yeah, we let's give this a shot, you know. We'll, well, well. Hopefully, this is is what makes up for Pattinson's um, prior sins. Um, it, it looks pretty good. Uh, there's some things yeah. I don't know if I like. I don't know about the outfit yet. Um, it's kind of there's a little bit of a, a Victorian like noir type of look to it, like. The high he looks like he has a high collar so he can't get his head his head chopped off or whatever but um I don't know we'll 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 look into that as it goes you ever see uh Mark Dukakis movie with the wolf yeah you know when they're going through the rain and they have like the the the, the, the cloaks on that's what he looks like he's wearing it looks like he's wearing like an old cloak yeah in, you know France so I don't know we'll see yeah I think with this trailer. Uh, initially, I was in the cautiously optimistic bracket of fandom. Uh, after this trailer, mm-hmm. I am just optimistic. I left the cautiously at the door because I think this showed a lot in a, in a very little amount of time. It's been it was two minute, two and a half minutes, and we got a look at our like a look at uh, who the villain's going to be in this, what it's going to set up, and then Matt Reeves has really talked about what the movie is going to entail in terms of the costume, the high neckline. If I have to pick something apart from it, it would be that. But we got to remember this is this is the second year uh, of Bruce Wayne being Batman. Right, right. So right. he's kind of piecemealing together um, both his Batmobile, which we saw, his Batcave, and his suit. So it's it, you know, yeah, no, everything's unfinished. And and you're entering a world where it seems like the Riddler is going to be the focal point, and he's going to he's coming out. This is his coming out party because he's the one. And maybe he coins the term Batman because that's what they keep saying in those cards that he's sending people. Uh, so you get him. Zoe Kravitz isn't Catwoman yet. So she's just a burglar who looks like she knows a little Muay Thai. And she's going to she's yeah. gonna have her moment. And also, if you blink, you missed him. But Colin Farrell 
is unrecognizable in that trailer. I did not see him. At so all. he's in the rain. To be honest, he's in you. the rain. He looks like. Remember when Christian? I think it was Christian Bale dressed up as uh, he did the Dick Cheney movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that. Like Colin <laughs> Farrell, he, it looks like he's added maybe forty pounds of makeup and like his face. Yeah, I was gonna is super say that's fat. a suit for him. He doesn't yeah, put absolutely. weight on like that. And you, you see him, and he's not the Penguin yet. He's just Os- Oswald. So this is a. It was a good look into a universe that I was cautiously, cautiously optimistic to, but I, I really like it. I think that. Jeffrey Wright looks perfect as yeah. Gordon. Like it fits the vibe. It fits the early nineties. The mustache is comic esque. Uh, not a lot of people can grow a pretty epic mustache, and uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright absolutely has. It looks dark. It looks gritty. It's not sparkly like we were worried about. Yeah, no, it, it, it's and I I wrote down. It looks pretty. It looks really dark. It looks darker than the Batfleck, which is supposed to be really dark. Um. It, 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 it's hard to get a beat on what the rating is going to be, how dark it's going to go. I don't know anything about that. It does seem we're work, working with a serial killer, so that could get pretty dark. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't see this going rated R. If you do Batman rated R, you're alienating a huge population of yeah. your audience. Um, and if you do it, if you're doing Batman rated R, it has to be special. It can't just be because they want to say the F word a thousand times. Like it, it can't be that, and it can't be gratuitous nudity it's got to be like it has to fit the story in my mind um other people might beg to disagree but you know i i think well, that we were this... we were talking about what's the basis for the story and uh we were saying the long halloween and year two uh long halloween is a really kind of super dark story kind of goes down a lot of different paths uh year two not so much but um so depending on which way they go, I mean, I, I think they could easily pull off a good PG thirteen, yeah, yeah, and, and and make this extremely watchable and and fun. So, I mean, look yeah. at the Dark Knight, for example. That that's a PG thirteen movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and that's a that's a super dark movie. Heath Ledger essentially is a serial killer in the movie as a Joker. So, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, you you don't need to do the Joaquin Phoenix route and make it rated R and have headshots and all that stuff. We know Batman doesn't kill. This iteration shouldn't be Batman who kills, especially if him being young. Um, so I'm thinking PG thirteen for sure. As far as the the influence, um, I was reading throughout the day. I had enough time to go back and kind of digest and. Uh, read into more of the panels like because you know you're when you're watching it you're kind of enamored by everything there's you know the the platform the footage the special guests the artwork so I went back and I read from uh, Matt Reeves panel and he said that his uh, his his um, influence was Batman ego okay so you remember that storyline yeah sort of yeah so that was that's his main influence, and that's where he drew his influence from. So, you know, we do see when you see the guys, uh, the street thugs with the white face paint and yeah. the crosses. You, 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 I immediately thought it's Long Halloween. I think I said that at dinner. Yeah, that's last what time. I, I was thinking too. Is the the group of uh, socialites? Um, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And, so and, maybe we're get, uh, getting bits and pieces. It's kind of like a quilt. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I mean, Quilt King's the long. Be this. The Long Halloween is. Uh, what's his name? Not Batman, but it's um, it's the Bat Family or the Batverse. So, um, yeah. 
can't really have that if you're just establishing the yeah yeah you know, robert pattinson's not old enough to start adopting orphans true which is fine we don't need a robin right now uh yeah i don't know it, yeah i guess that would be fine i there's so many batman stories one shots and we're also talking about this and if that's where they're going or if this is a one shot type of universe like one shot story they can get a hundred you know movies out of a one shot they are pretty deep storylines but um if that's what they're doing, then they could really start anywhere. I mean, it's all the base, same basic premises, but, you know, a little bit different uh, character arcs and stuff like that. But, I, uh, yeah, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, me either. Especially, like, I like the fact that it's year two because you're kind of seeing the rookie Batman, but you're also not seeing the origin story. So it's... Yeah. It's kind of like what happened with when we were reintroduced with Spider-Man and Spider-Man Homecoming. He was already like five years into the game. Uh, he was he wasn't the Avenger that we know now, but he was the guy in the the underwear suit. And I think that's what we're we're gonna get with this Batman. Also, uh, if it's year two, maybe we don't see the Waynes die. Yeah. Well, I mean, which I think every Batman fan's tired of seeing personally. Right. I I, I think it's firmly established. That's how it happened. I, it's one of those things. It's do we need to explain how Uncle what happened to Uncle Ben? Do we need to explain how Superman got here? Do we need to explain, you know, all the how the Waynes have gotten shot? There's literally been a thousand besides comic books stuff on TV. We've seen it a million times. How what happened to the Waynes and how the Bat got created? I you know we've said it from the beginning. An early younger batman an adult but a younger adult batman trying to work through you know how he's going to go about um you know dealing with this becoming the bat and maintaining his identity and all this other stuff is 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 probably the more interesting um story so yeah i hope that's how it goes yeah and i mean based on the look and the voice um, I wasn't disappointed with his voice. With the I am vengeance, mm-hmm. I, I can definitely tell you that's going to become a T-shirt, uh, if not right. a you know a call sign in a podcast somewhere. But uh, I'm a fan of it. I'm looking forward to this movie. Uh, the one thing that we didn't see that I want to see is Andy Serkis as Alfred. Uh, you yeah, hear him, yeah, but yeah. but you don't get to see him. But uh, no, I they I saved a lot a- of stuff. I think they did they they did a good job of. Um, I mean, there'll probably be a second one that comes out, and maybe we'll get to see more of uh, Colin Farrell and more more of uh, Circus or whatever. But you know what? I, I think for what they put out, and uh, you know, I I don't I, I don't think it was rushed. I think they needed to put this out, and they wanted to put out exactly this. So, um, yeah. and and the I, way I, I, I think look, it was good. And the way I look at it is, this movie it's not done. It's not finished. They're right. returning to shoot it now. Uh, it doesn't come out till next year, so we're definitely going to see more. When Fandom was announced, and if you listen to the Active Geek, uh, Chuck and I talked about this panel, and I didn't think we were going to get a trailer. I thought we were getting maybe some rooftop footage of um, you know Bruce and Jim together talking about what they can do for the city, and I was pleasantly surprised when we got the the trailer so i think we get two it's dc so and warner brothers so i think we get four more trailers um cut from all different angles the <laughs> one thing i i wish that 
that they hope and I pray that they keep this. I don't want to see Paul Dano as the Riddler. I want that to be left secret, but I know we will. Yeah. At this point, yeah. I um I mean, I, I think because it's well known, uh it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt too much. Um because we knew he was going to be in it, and we knew who, what he was doing, and they yeah. gave us enough at the end where we know what's happening. But um, I think Paul Dano is creepy enough where he could really, really pull this off. I think he's going to own this role. This is going to be yeah. this is going to be like his. I'm going to say it again: his coming out party. The world's going to know Paul Dano after yeah. this. Um, yeah, I think it has a, a it has a real good chance of of being huge. Because he was that good, or he is that that good at being creepy, and I think it's just riding off the coattails of Gotham's Riddler that, because uh, he played it in a different way, like um, just socially, like I can't de- like socially inept, but yeah. like a super genius, and and uh, so I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that's kind of how how it works out. So yeah. And the, the last thing I want to kind of touch on about this trailer is it starts off with the duct tape and on the guy's face it says no more lies. So yeah. it kind of alludes to the Riddler and Batman already having an established relationship or yeah. it could it could lead to the Riddler's been sitting behind his wall of screens and he's been watching Batman do his thing and he's lying to the public because he's – he's masked or he's giving Gotham PD the the credit and people don't know the bat. So I'm curious to see what that really means and where they go with that. Yeah. It could like, I, I was trying to figure it out too. And I, like you're saying, I, I think it could really be anything. Um, the Riddler in, in a lot of different iterations of the story. And I know in the most recent one, he finds out right away who Batman is. And, you know, the deal that Batman makes is like, look, if you tell everybody, you no longer, you no longer have that secret. You're no longer the smartest guy. Now everybody knows your secret, you know, so that, you know, they try to, they make him out to have a super ego in the new one. So maybe he's just, he's that concentrated on, he just hates the fact that he's got, Batman's got a secret and he figures it out and. So I, I, I don't know. I'll see. I like to see how that works out. But, you know, they because otherwise, unless he works for because everybody works for Wayne Corp. I don't know how they would have a relationship. Maybe they give them they were friends as kids because they will. I mean, Dano and, and Pattinson are about the same age, look about the same age. So, I mean, that could be part of the storyline, too. So, yeah, who knows a how lot. they're going to change a little bit here and there. Yeah, needless to say, there's a lot of question marks. Uh, no yeah. pun intended uh, with the Riddler. But uh, that's enough DC talk for now. Next week, we're going to we'll dissect the, the Suicide Squad, all the footage, the characters, uh, a little bit of the Wonder Woman stuff. Um, and uh, we'll talk about the Flash's new suit because uh, Ezra Miller, surprisingly, still the Flash and got a new suit. Yeah. But let's let's talk about a series that uh, premiered or aired two, three weeks ago uh, for its second season, The Umbrella Academy. Uh, if you're playing along at home, they're in Dallas. The year is 1963-ish, 65-ish, yep. mid-60s. Uh, Depends on who JF- it is. Yeah, and JFK is still alive. So before we get into it, full spoiler alert, um, I just want to – what do you think of the series? What do you think of season two? Uh – 
there are there were some things that I I just I and we were who were we to, I think we were talking to uh, your wife, my girlfriend, not the same person, two different people. Um, that gave yeah, out you, weird. Yeah, you framed it uh, pretty odd. <laughs> um, I should have put some extra commas in there. Yeah, but uh, we were talking about how like a whole entire universe falls apart if any one person talks to any other one person and and they like try to talk it out and see reason then like nothing you know there won't be anything left to tell so there's those little tiny details in this um that 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 are a little glaring but uh and honestly i i think it was a lot better um I, I than the first one and I really liked it and I feel we'll talk about a lot more going on but I, I feel like they uh, they paid a lot of attention to what people liked and yeah. uh, what people were saying and they made certain characters stand out more because of what they, they didn't like like a meritocracy they they earned their spot. They earned their extra couple hours of screen time in this one. So um, I really feel like they listened to us and heard what we had to say. Yeah, I totally agree. I got that vibe too. Um, I I really liked this season more. Like you said, like I liked it more than season one. The comics, uh, the Dallas story, the one-shot book that they did for Dallas was my favorite of the three so far. Um, super excited for part four because, you know, Gerard Way kind of said, you know, one, two, three, that's it. Um, and I guess he got the itch because he's working with Netflix and it's mm-hmm. a hit. But character development was key this season because last year you, you got to meet the family and they were dealing with their demons. And now it's kind of, you know, it's progressed and they have time traveled again and you're trying to see where they go. So let's go. Let's kind of go down the roll, uh, the roll call and let's talk about Luther for, uh, number one for a bit. Um, I said this on my review on Active Geek. He, he was my least favorite out of um, out of the first six. Uh, yeah. Vanya keeps Vanya keeps a special part in my heart uh, for where I dislike characters, and Vanya's in that section. But uh, Luther, I feel like he was fleshed out a lot in season one uh, mm-hmm. because you know obviously the moon stuff and the the body modification. And this season, it was more it was poor Luther. I feel like he kind of got the the Wolverine treatment in the beginning, like his introduction where he's the, you know, the cage fighter for Jack Ruby. Um, yeah. What did you think? what do you think of Luther this season? No, I, I, yeah, they made him a buffoon kind of something we always, and we didn't like it. And it's something they did with, um, uh, Adam, you know, uh, in, 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 um, legends. Yeah. Uh, great actor, great storyline one of our favorites and for a reason none of us can understand they made him from like the third smartest person and a billionaire to a buffoon like a a A bro a bro comedy bro um well he was luther wasn't a bro but he was just like he was just like a, a, a an adolescent kid like a little 14 year old kid so yeah. I don't know. Um, they took a ton of focus off them. They really left out like 
they didn't well they didn't leave anything out they just didn't care about him anymore it, it, they they wrote him like they really didn't care about him and his story wasn't ever important like his his love story his his working for Jack Ruby didn't seem all that important to the to the grand scheme of things so yeah it seems like they left him by the wayside yeah and you know he's supposed to be the leader of the team and like you said you did the like you, you kind of pieced my argument together. Uh, he was like a 14-year-old kid, and then you look at the true leader of the team based on this series is number mm-hmm. five, who is a 14-year-old kid, just, you know, a 78-year-old man trapped in that body. But, you know, when you get Luther, he's supposed to be super smart. He's space boy. He's up. He's an astronaut. He lived on the moon. He studied the moon. And then he comes down here, and it, it gives you that sense of, like, he doesn't know how to be on Earth. He doesn't know how to be around right. people. He spe- spent his life being by himself and having this, like, huge body modification of a gorilla torso. And then he gets thrown into this, the 60s where he's, you know, he's king shit. And he's able to fight yeah. and beat up everybody. But to what degree, you know what I mean? And then he does have some bro moments with, um, with Diego when they call uh, that woman Olga after the <laughs> the guy gets yeah. killed. And I thought yeah. one of my favorite scenes in that, but Luther, Luther of all the, the seven that we'll cover had the, the least character progression. And I guess yeah. it's kind of just like once he's back from space, he really, he really doesn't matter, which sucks yeah. because yeah, I, he, re- can't, I do- he can't like adapt. And I, I think we both liked Luther in the first season. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm a big, and I like Tom Hopper. Fan. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Tom Hopper. Yeah. So, so I don't know why we'll they see. did that. I don't know. I mean, there's seven people plus Hargraves and and everything else. So it could just be that they had so much they had to introduce um, or, or so many lines they had to keep together that there had to be a sacrifice somewhere. Maybe that's what yeah. it was, was Luther all like all together. And in that case, Luther's love story all had to be put off to the side. It might come back and he might be the leader. He might, you know, go out, go out on his own. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you look at it like you said. There's there's seven of them, but you're introducing Lila. You're introducing the Swedes. You're introducing right. uh, Raymond for Allison. You're introducing the Handler again. You know, uh, baby Pogo has to have his time. The real mom mm-hmm. has to, you know. You're getting a lot of characters. So some storylines are going to get cut. But one storyline that didn't get cut... Um, God expand it, but also left me with like a big question mark was Diego. Um, definitely the, the true superhero of the group. He has superhero complex. He wanted to go and save Kennedy. Uh, even though you're told from an early age, you don't mess with time travel. That was, that was my one, that was my big thing is him saving Kennedy. When everybody's like, if you save Kennedy, it's all falls apart. Kennedy has to die. And I, that's when I was like, well, you got to just put that all away and stop thinking rationally. And here's this lunatic. And for some reason, won't listen to anybody. Yeah. Um, I, but he's, he seems to be going through a psychotic break, even though he's pretending he does really seem to be going through something. Yeah, it definitely has daddy issues for sure, uh, oh, yeah. which is usually the cause of all psychotic breaks. But uh, even just like with Diego, with and it's going to be like the common trend with everybody. They've never been a team or they haven't been a team since their early ages. So, yeah. you know, you're getting to a point where two members are gone from their life. Five disappeared in the time space continuum. 
Ben was dead, and then you throw in three with Vanya, who really didn't have any powers their childhood. So it was every man for himself. Tom went – or Luther goes to space. Allison's fallen in love with Luther. So you really have to – you know, you hone in on Diego, who is the superhero, the Kraken of the whole team. And they bring in the love story with Lila. They bring in the treachery part with Lila. They see his the handler sees his worth and he goes and works with the handler for a little bit. But that the big question I had with Diego, and I hope season three expands this, is honestly what's going on with his powers. Like there's that scene when every we'll jump to the end, as I always do. He gets <laughs> to the end, everybody from the bureau is there, and they're just firing. They're unloading all their clips on him. And mm-hmm. he just directs the bullets out of the way. Yeah. Like like Magneto. And it was never discussed again. Yeah, it's um, uh, well, it doesn't. It gets. It doesn't get discussed because this is such a. uh, They're like the, the always sunny in Philadelphia of superheroes. Yeah, they're all kind of like real shitty people, real shitty superheroes, and. He gets like shit on constantly by Hargraves. Like, you know, told his power doesn't mean anything. Told him like he he's not that important to the grand scheme of things. And you know, the girl that he loves shits on him. Her boss shits on him. Tells him he's really not worth that much. Um, I think that's a that's a an expansion of his power. The stopping of all the bullets. I mean, he controls projectiles. Or he can change the directory. So maybe at one point he was trained to think, oh, I could do it just one knife. And this, he he, he stops, you know, thousands of them. So maybe don't get into it. Uh, I don't know how, like, they're not going to get better in the third season. In no, the I mean, Academy. they have or to. Or whatever. They, yeah, they, they have to become a team, though. Like yeah. you're you're gonna fight children. Like your whole season three is gonna be them fighting kids, uh, yeah. which is great. Like who who hasn't <laughs> wanted to punch a child in their face once or twice? But if we're gonna if we're gonna believe that Ben or not Ben uh, Diego can control all of weapons, all the stuff that's being fired in his direction, why couldn't he have just stood in place when um, the Harvey Oswald fired? That's right. That's who killed Kennedy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. When Oswald fires the shot. And just deflect that instead of like tackling his dad. Like they knew where it was coming from. They knew it was coming from the bookstore. Why can't he have just been in place and just directed it into somebody else? Well, I don't think he knew he had that power. But, I think this is uh, all of an a sudden expansion. It, comes, it just comes up where he levels up at the end of the, the movie. Yeah, he was stu- super stressed out. This is how superpowers work in times right. of stress or 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 in in you know Marvel's case puberty, but. In times of, of great stress, your superpowers can evolve or, or turn on. Now, what I would have liked to seen, because they call it the magic bullet, is for him to be the cause of that bullet changing uh, yeah. trajectory and hittings. But um, that's not that didn't happen. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it seemed like he. It's not anything that he's ever done before. It's not anything we've yeah. seen. And he ran away from all these people like he didn't know he could do it. But he so also I threw his just... hands out like he was like he knew what he was doing. Like I've never been fired upon, but the first thing I would do if I were be fired upon would not be to put both hands out like a magneto to stop the bullets. 
You know what I mean? I would duck. But he yeah. just stood there with his great hair and just threw his hands <laughs> out and just d- directed him. I think he well, knows. How, how does he? How does he control the knives when he throws them? Does he, he just, wave them? We don't but see. But he it. could just throw them and and they move, right? I don't know. So is he telekinetic? That's what it seems like. Like, is he a, a metal telekinetic and can only control metal objects? I don't know. He's Magneto. Yeah, basically. Th- that was the, um, see. That's the big question that it left me with, and it, it's like you throw that in at the end, and you're like, yeah, we're not going to talk about this again. Like even the at the the very end when the Swede comes in, he could have moved those bullets. So like, yeah. if I'm going to have any powers on here, it would probably be either Diego or Allison's powers, but. I, I would want to know. It, like, it can't be think, like a five-hour energy about, drink where he, he turns off the stuff. I look at him kind of like like Klaus. Klaus ha- does, never has total control of his powers. He yeah. th- th- Weird things are happening all the time. And in the flashback, the first scene that you see, he's raising armies of dead. Like he's, yeah. and, and the fight for him never happens. Yeah, like he has he has no idea how that happened. Like we don't know how he doesn't know how it happened. So I think in a, in a kind of like there is a a a Sephiroth level of evolution to all these people that their their final form is a super powered monster okay. of some sort. Like and that's Vanya gets there fast. Yeah. But all these other people probably have some kind of, you know, more evolution, more evolved power set than they show on the show. Or uh, uh, who knows? Who knows how that works? So, but So they're like middle ground Pokemon. Yeah. Where like, they're not the starters. They're in the second, mm-hmm. like, they're, they're war turtles and Car- Charmeleons. Yeah. That's where they're at. They're not quite yeah. uh, Charizards yet. That's where we're and, at. And, okay. and only because they really have never... They've never had it like they've been crazy and their lives have been nuts since the beginning. So they they had a chance to like really get into it. Maybe they they probably would have been better at this and better people. So yeah, and none of them besides Diego are truly superheroes in their previous life. You know, uh, right. Allison was a superhero or was a um, an actress. You know, yeah. Ben's dead. Uh, Klaus was super high on super drunk on everything. So like Klaus was just like doing his Klaus is like the embodiment of Danny on Danny the Street. Yeah. <laughs> like just we'll get to him, but let's let's move to Allison who I think she had the deepest storyline of this season. Um and yeah. I think it, um, I think they needed to make her the focal point in this season given the timeline and given what she could change in that timeline. She was important yeah. to the series. Uh yeah, and the thing is um it was, it's always going on racism and and horrible things, but uh, it wasn't. You know the riots weren't going on and 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 all the, the things that happened recently. This was filmed. This was done probably by the beginning of this year, so they didn't know how much it would relate to current times. Like yeah, <clears throat> it sucks that racism is evergreen, but it is. Uh, so. Uh, this yeah it, it, she her her path and uh especially with the timing of like john lewis dying and stuff like that it became pretty important and and uh, w- was the one to like cling to and 
Uh, and you rooted for her. Yep. You know, every scene it wasn't, you, she it was wasn't in always that for. way, but yeah, you you rooted for her and her husband and her whole, you know, really kind of upset by the way things happened for her. But yeah, and she, she had to like, do what she had to do. And she's also the opposite of what Diego was. Diego went in there with full fledged saying, "I can physically change the timeline." I can do this given my power and my ability. I'm the Kraken. I can go in there and I can fix everything. JFK will be alive. No Cold War. No nothing, right? Where Allison is, she comes in and says, I can be change. I, I'm not going to be the change, but I can spark change. Yeah. And I can be the you know the, the ember that starts the forest fire. Because she sits there and she says, listen, we can do sit-ins. We, can, we don't have to be violent. Like she, it, was ve- it was very nonviolent protest centered and she has the ability to literally change everything with just a whisper yeah. and she doesn't she chooses not to because she knows what the lasting impacts of 2019 2020 would be so i i, I thought that it was great i like the storyline it, it speaks to show you that like they're focusing on empowering emmy um allison's character uh because she was she was a victim in all of season one, she yeah. was one hundred percent a victim to her life, to her circumstances, and then to her sister. And I, I like the character evolution uh, for Allison for sure. Yeah, um, she became a better person, and it, it sucks that you know in doing that, she kind of, um, she kind of, as it went along, you knew that she would have to um, leave the person that made her a better person in her new mm-hmm. husband and have to go back and do what she had to do like for her kids and stuff like that. So it sucks that that happened, but you knew like you really did know that at some point she was going to have to make a choice. And the way they set it up, which was great is they set it up. So he was too important to 1965 for him to leave. Yeah. And, and she, but she had to make a choice. Well, it was either him or her daughter, and and she was always going to choose her daughter. So yeah, I think that was the best. Like that might be my favorite bit of like writing and, and storytelling was making her make that choice. That that almost like unchoosable choice, but yeah. it was it was really good. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, she was a close second. For my second favorite. Uh, But my first favorite is the next one. Klaus. Who, like I said, uh, the embodiment, if you watch Doom Patrol, you'll get this reference, but the embodiment of Danny the Street. Um, (laughs) He, I don't think Klaus is ever going to be a, for me, relatable character uh, because I'm I'm not a recovering addict, so I I don't have that. I'm not an ex-soldier. I'm not um, connected to a dead brother. And I'm also <laughs> not a superhero. So Klaus, his storyline was one that intrigued me the most in the trailer. Cult leader, Charles Manson-like, who didn't want to be a cult leader. Like, you, you see him, like, in the field, and he's like, we got to get the hell out of here. Like, yeah. <laughs> gets, gets out. And then like, it's just a he, – he falls <laughs> victim to time travel as well because he, he comes face-to-face with the love of his life and tries to convince him – uh, to not go to Vietnam, but we see how that plays out too. Which, if that happens, he never falls in love with. They never fall in love with each other. 
has he already changed that from happening by introducing himself and saying, hey, look, you're gay, just deal with it. But, um, yeah, it's a complicated storyline. And it his storyline with, um, what's his boyfriend's name that dies? Um, I can't remember, but uh, it is really romantic. And it, 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 it kind of does break your heart sometimes, um, the two of them. But, uh, like... His ruining of of the timeline and, and possibly reality is okay because he's a lunatic. He's a he's you know a completely strung out lunatic who's just trying to like run away from all the dead people in his life, which is you know a real thing, like true, like literally running away from all the dead people. Yeah. Um. So I, I yeah. <laughs> I like him the most. I like Klaus the most. I think I like Robert Sheehan the most. Um, but he's like Robert. Uh, Klaus is my second favorite, but he 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 steals so many scenes from everybody else because he's uh, like charisma and like he emotes his facial expressions. Like he's just and then like at the same time he is telling like a really. Um, kind of heartbreaking story of like kind of like how Allison's story is like being uh he's not gay I don't he's pansexual he's every sexual I don't know I don't know what he, he's you know he's in all takers um in a, in a time where absolutely was not okay to be that way and in a place where that you know yeah right now in, in Texas and in the future in 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 um in 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 Vietnam, so I, I yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his story. What I also like is they never even talk about the um, the cult. Like everybody's like, yeah, it makes total sense. I like yeah. how they don't even like, uh, you know, part of the best part. The best part of it is they're just like, yeah, of course he has a cult. Like, yeah, it's what Klaus else would he be Klaus. doing? Yeah. yeah. You know, Klaus, like you said, is is very much like Allison too, because these are two of the, of the of the seven characters. Well, yeah, of the seven characters, there's three characters that are they're marginalized. Uh, there's Allison, there's Klaus, and then there's Vanya. Uh, so you're you're seeing those three are going to be the ones who fall the most victim to time travel. Diego and Lila are going to still be able to exist in 2020. Luther is still going to be Luther. Um, uh, number five is going to be still be a child. Ben benefits the most from time travel because he's alive. Um, so you're you're getting everybody who really don't they don't have to deal with the added pressure of saving the world while also trying to rewrite history uh, to make it a better, peaceful, uh, equal place. And those yeah. three characters, well, I think Klaus and Allison tried their best. Vanya is a little more selfish. Of she's the most selfish of all the characters because she was willing to just ruin time to live with Sissy and Harlan. But Klaus and Allison, that's why they were so close together because they had to tell the most important stories. They had to tell the ones that had the most repercussions to come from. And they in the comics, they're also the most fleshed out um, in this in this story as well. But let's go to number five. Uh, Is he your favorite? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, 16-year-old kid crushing it. Yeah, in every single way. Um, 
I mean, I've never listened to his music, but he's apparently a musician. Uh, he's a uh, he's a veteran actor. He's been doing this for years. Uh, yep. It's crazy that he's went from successfully and without. I mean, knock on wood, nothing ever comes out horrible. But he's went from Nickelodeon and uh, I think Nickelodeon and Disney to you know playing number five who's like the most foul-mouthed darkest character on here yep a trained killer and like seems to have no real effect on him um no i don't know man like that seems crazy to me um he's the lead on this series like if you look at it from like all the established actors you got uh robert sheehan from misfits and tom hopper from game of thrones you know Mm -hmm. Kate Walsh obviously is is legit. Ellen Page, you have these characters that are out like legit movie stars and and actors. And this sixteen year old kid comes in there and he steals every single moment that he's on screen. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. Acting with everybody and and holding his own and and it's so crazy. And he's good. Like he, I mean. Number five in the comics is like he's like a seven year old kid, but you know obviously they need to they need to make this more digestible by making him a little older, fifteen in this case. Um, he's so good at it, and it, it, he somehow makes it work. Uh, running around in a schoolboy uniform, chopping people's heads off. Um, yeah, zero questions asked. Yeah, like nobody's like, uh, what's this little kid doing? It's so good, and and he's so good at it, and and like I said, he doesn't necessarily have. He's got a pretty straightforward story. He's he's kind of holding all these strings together, um, whether he wants to or not. He's just, and he's never he's never like the hero. He's he just wants to get back to the timeline and get into his old body and do whatever he has to do. It's. It's not for like any really good reason other than some selfish one. So, but he's just this is the things that he has to do to try to make sense of all this nonsense that's going on, and um, he's the only one that kind of understands because of working for the commission. So, um, yeah, yeah, his is really he's not the great story, but his 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 character is the best on on this screen. So yeah. And honestly, the the most storyline in the bo- in both seasons, like he's the yeah. more established character, and like you said, well, he's, the pu- and he's the puppet master. That's what I was saying. What, and we'll, we'll get to like Cha Cha and stuff, um, and, and 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 also in Robert Sheen's case, um, the fans when they watched season one, that's who came out on top. It was it was number five, uh, Aiden Gallagher. Robert Sheen and uh, the guy that plays Cha Cha, um, um, Hazel, right? Uh, ha- Cameron yeah. Britton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cameron Britton, Hazel. Um, they're they were like everybody's favorites from season one, and they gave them more time. Cameron Britton or Hazel is not in. Well, actually, he technically is introduced in Dallas, but yeah, he should be dead. Yeah. So. Um, they kept them around though. They kept and they 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 gave the biggest amount of screen time to the people that everybody cared about in season one. 
So yeah. I, that's kind of, I don't know if it was a plan because the kind like it's we're veering a lot away from the comic books. I mean, we have a general format and it's kind of getting there, but a lot of things have veered away. So I don't know. I, I don't know if they if it was a plan from the beginning to make them stand out or they listened to us. But whatever they did, it's working for me for these two guys. Or for I think I think they got the Galaxy Wars bump, honestly. <laughs> I, I think they listened to our episode and they said, we need more of this. And part of what we said in season one was we'd like to see a little more of Ben. And because his, his yep. superpower is legitimately the mo- the coolest because he's he's got the embodiment of the Kraken inside him. And he just he's just able to rip things apart. But um, he was fleshed out completely in this series. Um, kind of yeah. stole the show. Uh, I think uh, Justin Min crushed it this season. Yeah, I, I wanted to see. Definitely did a lot more for us wanting to see what he's capable of, and we're going to get that in next season. It, yeah, we should. We should get that next season. Uh, as a as you know, what he's capable of when he's alive. Um, because <laughs> he's got the portrait of him. Um, yes. Uh, it, it was a lot of it was a lot of his action, and he carried it pretty good. Like, um, it could have kind of went stale. Just you yeah. know, the the him and Klaus just talking to each other and nobody else knowing. But it was kind of funny. It was that was kind of the comic relief of yep. a lot of scenes were those two. So oh, when they're in the alley and they're jostling for position. Like I, I want to see the behind the scenes stuff for that because like <laughs> that that was great. Like the transitions were great. The sh- like the one thing like we haven't even talked about the technical aspect of it, but the season the, the season was shot so well. Uh, yeah, yeah, the landscapes were perfect. The tone was perfect. Like the outfits, it, it was it was a produ- well done production. Um, but Ben, like you said, we're gonna see a little more uh, of the horror in uh, season three. Uh, but season two, the horror is uh, Vanya for me. Uh, because I, I don't I like Ellen Page and I've liked Ellen Page for a very long time. I don't like Vanya and it's because she makes the worst decisions in two full seasons. Yeah. Like yeah. she is written she's like written to be hated. How how right. how are you the cause of the apocalypse two times? What the first time you don't you don't know about it. The second time halfway through you don't know about it, but at the end you gain full control and you're like, "Oh, wait, I'm the apocalypse. I can pass it on to a child. I'm going to stay back in the 60s to save my girlfriend of two weeks. It was it, – it blew my mind. Uh, I don't like Yeah, Vanya. it was weird. Um, even when she does know, she kind of is okay with it. And that's why I think like these kids were raised horribly, which we know Hargraves yeah. is, was a bad dad or whatever. And um, we get the reveal that he's an alien. Yeah. Wasn't sure if that was going to come this season or not, but I mean, it makes the most sense. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, uh, I mean, there's some parts where I was like, when the FBI agents are grilling her, I'm like, I hope she blows these guys' heads off. Like, I really hope it's just she rips them to shreds. And when it happened, I was like, good. So, like, I was rooting for her sometimes. Um. And they try. <laughs> And I, you can't say it's Ellen, because Ellen Page is a good actress. She's a great um, actress. And this is a, a part that she she would love to play, I think. You know, uh, she's been playing superheroes, and in real life, she's she's uh, a lesbian. So I, I think these are all things that she wouldn't mind doing. 
uh, and and would be good at. So I I just don't know like yeah I, I she's written just to be uh, maybe dumb. I, I don't know like selfish. If you have yeah if you have the power to stop it or to have the power to start it, I would also think she would also have the power to stop it. Yeah, you know what I mean like, but I I don't know I don't know. Yeah. Everything leads to eventually her sacrificing herself, I guess, is, is the way it works out. And and she would have to lose control to do that. So I don't know how that works. I don't know. Or, you know, maybe there's something where Harlan comes in and, and fights her maybe in the future or something. Maybe yeah. he's got a little piece of her, his power still. So Ooh. I don't know. I don't know how could he, could he Could he be the white cello? Yeah. <laughs> a violin at first. Oh, it's a battle of woodwinds or a battle of strings. Um, but like you said, they intro- this season introduced uh, some new characters. We got Lila, uh, the biggest character of season three or season two, yeah. who seems to be the eighth member of the Umbrella uh, Academy now. She's another yeah. one of those orphans. Uh, we got Kate Walsh came back as the as the handler, which was great. But she's gone. She's gone out of this season. Yeah. And then we got the Swedes. Um Three voiceless, uh, cold-blooded milkman assassins uh, who just, like, if all, you know, you're in a show where you're trying to rewrite history, trying to save history, and just trying to get team together, and then they introduce these three psychopaths, and it just adds to, like, the multiple layers of the Umbrella Academy. Um, There's a, like, this is a show that I wish wasn't ten episodes. I actually wish it was more because there was so much characters yeah. and so much development and so much story to be told that this could have been a 13 16 episode series yeah and the swedes were created just for the show um they're like they're not from the comic books yep. but you know they, they did send like a slew of killers after them i yeah this would uh this would benefit from a couple more um but you know it, it's a pretty it's a pretty fast-paced um it's a pretty fast-paced uh, action, and, and not not action, but TV show. So, and, you know, maybe I like it that way. But yeah, the Swedes. Um, do I like the Swedes more than Cha Cha and 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 Hazel? I don't know. Maybe. Either way, I'd maybe. watch a spinoff series of of the Swedes or Cha Cha and Hazel. <laughs> I like. Could you imagine? Like, well, there's no. They, they've all gone They're, through well, the the academy, right? They've all gone through the the bureau. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you just like to see like the training episodes, like two yeah. episode one shots of you know them <laughs> sparring? I'd abs- I would kill to see that because I think I think the Swedes like for as little as they were in like they were big parts of this. Well, I can't I say little, but I as much as they were in the series and they didn't have any dialogue. I think that they they owned every scene that they were in. They were integral yeah. to the storyline, um, almost as integral as Lila, the the biggest reveal. Right. Um. And you know, and a uh, quote unquote daughter of uh, of a handler, the handler. Yeah, I um, I didn't see it happening at first, and then once it happened, I didn't see it working out the way it did. Yeah, me either. Um, I did not see that. I I did not see that the being the the path that she goes. Um. Her power could be the best one. Yeah, honestly, mimicry, um, and she and she knows how to use them all. Like she's the most established of the superheroes. 
Yeah. Like, they don't put a time limit on it. They don't do... They don't give it, like... It's not tactile. It's not, like... They'll probably flush it out. Or maybe they won't. Who knows? Um, yeah. It seems like she could just look at it and do it. So... And it's not mimicry. It's the actual power. It's, it's the real thing. So... I don't know. We'll see how that works out. Like... How that could happen and slip under the cracks is crazy to me. Yeah. The one thing I want to see in season three is, you know, Ben sacrifices himself. uh, Probably the most touching sacrifice in the season. Um, Yeah. We see her mimic uh, Ellen Page, Diego, and Allison. Uh, And five. I think she teleports as well. We did not see her because she never got to interact with Ben. I want to see if she's able to use the horror's powers in season three after interacting with Ben and the Spyro Academy. Mm-hmm. I'd like to right. see that, see how that works out. Yeah, I think she's, when we come back to season three, and we're thinking it's going to be Spyro Academy, or at least Spyro Academy adjacent storyline-wise. Um, we know there's a Spyro Academy um, mm-hmm. from the last episode. Uh, I think she's probably going to play a huge part because she might be the only one that could take a lot of these new kids out, like the yeah. kids with the powers. There's now, I think there's like, I don't know. The comic goes up to like 14 or 18 of them or something like that. He saved. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out, but, um, yeah, she might be the only one that could stand up against all these guys. Cause she'll just be constantly. And even if they use her as like an information gathering resource, like, she wa- I don't know how it works. We don't know how her power yeah. works. But even if it was like she watched him and then she was able to say, oh, well, this is what he does. You know what I mean? Like a spy sort of. Here's how you know his power works or here's how we could stop it. But um, there might be some shenanigans where they're all separated and all finding themselves. So yeah, we'll or they could it all works they, out. They could be in Hotel Oblivion, too. Where it kind of re- everything right. kind of repeats yeah. itself, and uh, they could be going up against their younger selves, so it could make it harder for like an older Luther to beat up a younger Luther because he knows what he's going through, and he's maybe they want to try and save these kids from yeah. Hargraves. So you can have um, Lila come in there and just beat the crap out of these kids and beat the crap out like beat the crap out mentally of the adults, saying like get it together, like this is alternate timeline, you're gonna die and these kids aren't going to replace you. You're like, you're dead. Like once you're dead, you're dead. Um, I'm going to say this and then we can do our our ratings. Um, I think the final episode was one of the best end end battles. It wasn't Avengers end game level, but for a television show, it was a, it was honestly a better finale than uh, game of Thrones personally. (laughs) And to have an entire uh, organization, uh, the most important organization in this whole thing wiped out completely. Yep. It's pretty amazing. And, um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how that, like, I never understand that. And that's what, I don't mind it. I don't mind it not knowing how the commission works and where the commission stands. Like, does it move ever forward while all these things happen? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is there a commission for that time? And can the new commission from our time go back to and work with the old commission? No idea how any of that works. Um, maybe the commission just is the only linear thing. Even time is circular. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. 
I, 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 it was huge. It was fun to watch. So many superpowers being shown, um, and at so the many. same time trying to trying to figure out Harlan's powers and what mm-hmm. what what's going on with him. And um, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, that was a, a great ending. I, I was happy with that. The the last thing I'm going to ask you, I wonder if, if this is I got two things. Uh, one's not serious at all, but could you imagine if um, the commission reopens and flow from Progressive runs it? <laughs> yes, right. I wouldn't would, mind it at all. Um, and then secondly, do you think um, since they since Gerard Way has announced that there's going to be a fourth um, volume of the Umbrella Academy, do you think he includes Lila in? Uh, volume four or do you think she's only a tv character i think he's got to include lila some way um but the thing is is this is already steered far enough away in some some respects that it doesn't necessarily it just could be just you know he's got the he's in the groove again or he's got his momentum back for this because he just lost his – he just didn't want to do it anymore. And maybe now he's like, all right, well, now that I'm writing and I'm directing and I'm, this is successful, maybe I'll do it again for the comics. Um, and, I, you know, can't get enough Umbrella Academy for him. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I you know, he's, he's a huge part of both. He is the biggest part of both. Um, so he could maybe. I mean, and, and – does four go for is four where he brings the two together? You know, like the comic book is going to be shot for a shot on his on the screen. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe. Who knows? Like when um, worlds collide, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see. Whatever. It, I I think. Look, if it, whether well, no matter what the comic book is, having another Umbrella Academy. Um, property out there is, is is good for everybody. So yeah, do you think that this is the best um, Netflix original comic book ad- adaptation? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I'm gonna. It's gonna be my maybe my favorite. Um, yeah, ne- yeah. I, I love. I still love Punisher, but I think um, you know this has more legs. They, um they paid more attention to this because they it's not being taken away from them. you know they i think yeah. at some point they knew the writing was on the wall with punisher and that whole universe this is theirs they're going to have it forever their toy to play with and they they put all their effort and they put all their time into it and i think it's coming out really good um until the boys comes out and maybe that changes everything well that's Who amazon knows? but no why well, no i'm saying but like comic book adaptation this might be one of my this might be my favorite until the second season of boys comes out and we'll see because i really do love the first season they go like it's it's we always talk about one one a one b and i won't i won't label either one of them but they that's how it pretty much runs for me yeah um and then uh for me punisher but you know i'm kind of biased to his character so we'll see uh we'll see until the boys comes out this is probably the best thing that um, is anywhere I think in, in in any comic book adaptations right now. Yeah, uh, I agree. I I don't classify Lucifer as a comic book adaptation exclusive to Netflix because the first three seasons uh, were the bulk of the of the show, and that was on Fox. But I do love me some Lucifer, 
and yeah, um, that's true. Punisher's fantastic. Daredevil's fantastic. But if I take the Marvel stuff away, um, this is better than October Faction. I think it was. Oh, um, yeah. As a series, I think this could be better than an Old Guard series, even though I did love Old Guard. And I think as mm-hmm. a series, I think this could be better than um, Extraction, too, if Extraction yeah. were buried down to a season. Uh, but last thing, what do you give it? Uh, I'm going to give it... Um, I you know had some gripes, like I talked about in the beginning, but it's so good that you, you barrel past all that and you forget about it. And it takes you out of like any, any, any thinking you were trying to do by moving on to the next thing, and maybe that's where it benefits for only ten episodes. The pace keeps you on your toes, and you keeps you, you know, watching and paying attention. So, this gets a five. It's a, it's it's an easy five. Didn't really have to think about it too hard. Um, exceeded my expectations everywhere. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, five of five for me, uh, because watching this this was a a binge in one day for me um and it was a very quick binge it was uh kind of what it kind of leads Mm -hmm. us into potentially our next episode uh which is lucifer eight uh, the first eight uh, episodes of season five also a very quick binge um and i say possibly next because uh new mutants comes out this upcoming week uh so if we can find a theater (laughs) close to us that's not new jersey Uh, that is showing maybe we'll take a road trip there and see it together um and that's all determined on if we can get to a theater uh new mutants will be next week but if not uh we'll talk lucifer season 5a because it's broken down into two seasons and then following that we we have the boys um in september the first three issue uh episodes are coming out so uh, that's going to be our episode for today. Uh, five of five for the Umbrella Academy. Uh, we're looking forward to season three. It looks like it's, they're going to move along pretty quickly once everything kind of reopens. I think this is also shot in Atlanta. I think Netflix does a lot of their stuff in Atlanta. Yeah. So, so once Georgia and this whole world gets their act together and uh, stops spreading illnesses, uh, we can get back to talking about some great Umbrella Academy. But you can follow us on social media, the Galaxy Wars podcast, wherever you can search us. Uh, so, Subscribe to the podcast wherever podcasts are available. Um, Sport Active Geek every Wednesday. Uh, we're doing part two of the State of DC comics where Chuck and I are going to be breaking down everything that happened in fandom. Uh, and that might spiral into a part three. Um, and then, yeah, next week, Lucifer or New Mutants. Uh, dealer's choice, depending on circumstances. So here's $20. Buy yourself something nice. <laughs>